Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey, welcome to episode number 19 of the Familypreneur podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Facebook algorithm. Well, sort of. The Facebook algorithm is always changing, and it has a really bad reputation among business owners. But when you get to know him, he's really not so bad. Understanding the Facebook algorithm is the first step towards learning how to build a successful strategy on Facebook. Once you know how the Facebook algorithm works, you can download and implement my list of 10 tips for increasing your organic reach on Facebook. Head over to megbrunson.com slash reach to learn more. Now let's welcome today's guest. She became a productivity coach and professional organizer after being trapped in her own clutter and chaos caused by caregiving for her mom, who had Alzheimer's, while running multiple businesses and caring for her family, a mixture of kids, cats, and her husband. She was a sandwich giver, which means she was caring for both young children and an aging parent, and the effect on her health and home was devastating. Through a combination of renewed self-care, personal development, and her own customized organizing and productivity approaches, she took back her own health and sanity and not only changed where her family lived, but how they lived. The process was so healing for her that she knew she needed to help others do the same and created positively productive systems. In addition to years of organizing and coaching experience, she is a certified life coach and a member of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. She has had over 20 years experience in the corporate and business world as well, which allows her to serve entrepreneurs and employees alike. She loves to compassionately and confidently serve nurturers and caregivers who are struggling to balance family and business. She adores inspiring everyone to declutter their lives physically and mentally, which creates space for healing and hope. Let's get ready to dive into productivity and organization with Lisa Zarotny. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me. I'm happy that, that you could make it and we were able to, to set this up. I know we had some hiccups during our first attempt. Yes, we did. Thank you, uh, New York and uh, January snowy weather. <laughs> Thank you, New York winters, which I'm familiar with yes. in, in Phoenix now, but I was raised in New York winters. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> so let's jump in. Tell me a little bit about why you, why you began your business. Yeah, that's a that's a good one and I I it's interesting because I love talking about it and it's also difficult to talk about which tells me that it's all the more important to share it with you. In 2007, I was pregnant with my son and we moved my mom into our home. 
and we knew that she needed help, but we didn't know the specifics of it. She was getting older and, and there were some problems and um, I cared for her and also had my son and then my daughter subsequently. And we found out that she had Alzheimer's. And so through the, the life cycle of this disease and raising my children and they were so small at the time uh, that caregiver role pretty much took over my life. And it was, you know, um, a blessing and also um, one of the greatest hardships of my life. And so that's why it's difficult to talk about because I'm <laughs> just continuously positive. It's, it's just, it's my thing. And so it's hard for me to talk about that, that difficulty and, and be real about it, but I think it's important. So during that time, it, we, we were in survival mode. I mean, we just cut out everything that didn't need to be done and probably many things that did need to be done. Um, and I learned later part of that was taking care of me. But when you're a caregiver, that happens. So uh, around the time that she passed, it, you know, things had gotten to a head. We'd had to close the business my husband and I had. Um, my children were, were still very, very little. And um, I was just, I was exhausted. I was burnt out and I didn't know how to function or what to do for our family. And so the path of coming back from that, the path of healing for me was to do the things that I could do. I mean, I, I first it was, you know, healing for myself. It was exploring um, gratitude it was understanding what my my grief was about and, and reading and um, being inspired and, and seeking care for myself. And then on the other side, it was really clearing a path in our home and, and having this big life lesson behind me of how do we want to live and, and having mortality in front of me. And it wasn't mine in this case, but it certainly brought it to light. And, you know, you start asking bigger questions. And so I started to remove things that were in our way physically and mentally and emotionally that just didn't need to be there. And that process was so healing that I knew that I needed to help others do it. Wow. That's amazing. I feel like that's really cool uh, perspective, like a way that you were able to see the situation that you were presented and, mm -hmm. and find a unique way to to manage it. Yeah, it was, it was really coming from that place of, well, what can I do next? Because I mean, it, it, I described the story, um, you know, perhaps in a smooth way, but it was anything but smooth. Right. <laughs> and, and, and it was me saying, well, maybe I should get a job and you know, that sort of thing. But when I was looking around and it really did start with the physical, I think, you know, of seeing the, it was clutter and chaos that I was surrounded by. And you cannot function like that. And I'm sure <laughs> you understand me. Yeah. Uh, everyone listening probably understands this and has been through it at some point or maybe looking at it while, you know, while they're listening. Um, this happens, life happens. And so I guess I just had this idea that this is what I needed to attend to first. It's frequently in life, and it's a huge lesson, is that when we are searching outwardly, it's really inward that we need to go. And we need to take care of us and our situation first before we can make other things happen. So, so what, once you identified like where you found a passion or where you mm -hmm. felt something, you found something that was really driving you to help people, 
How did you take those first steps to turn it into a business? And was that in the midst of your mom facing her challenges and your kid? Like, how did that all fit in? It was not in the midst of it. It was after she passed away that, you know, I, I then was faced with saying, okay, it's time to clean up this mess because I could shift from survival mode. And so um, I come from a a background, I mean, both my parents, entrepreneurs, I grew up in a family business, so I have this in my blood anyhow. And I did live um, in the corporate world for many, many years, but I always had some kind of side business or I did freelance work in some some fashion. I I was always seeking something else anyhow. My husband and I had a business, which I mentioned, and we needed to close that down when we were caring for her. And, you know, so this, the, the business or the idea of having a business wasn't new to me, Mm -hmm. but doing this specifically felt like my calling. So it took my, you know, entrepreneurial spirit and the idea of really finding my calling and something that had great purpose to me and and matching the two. And it felt really powerful. And I actually started as a professional organizer because that was very tangible it's very specific. It's like, okay, I have this mess here. I can see it. I understand it's a mess and it needs to be fixed in some way and then help me. And then I say, okay, I can. And uh, the first person I came to help, I could see how, how interconnected our mental state is, how emotional the process is, how much of a coach I really am. And I think that was something that I wanted to be and was innate in me anyhow. So I continued to be a professional organizer, but shifted fast into productivity coaching and then got my life coach certification because I wanted to tie it all in and and serve people that way. It's so fascinating because it's, it's only been recently that I've started to really see the connection between organization, I don't want to say cleanliness because we're clean. Like my house is clean, but it's not, it's not the most organized with six people, four of whom are, are under the age of 10. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're a little disorganized. And it's funny. I see it in two ways. Like one way is when I get really frustrated, like really mad, like the most frustrated, I clean. Mm. Like, like I'll dump out the toy box and I, 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 purge clean like hardcore yeah rage clean right (laughs) yes and it's weird but like that maybe it's not weird but that's what I do and then another way I see it for me is um just last week I was feeling very overwhelmed you know with Mm -hmm. all the stuff I I have going on and balancing everything juggling things four kids two jobs all of this stuff um and I I realized after like literally 24 hours of not being productive that my desk wasn't clean. And like, all I really needed to do is take some time in here with, Mm -hmm. with music playing or whatever and in tidy. And then it was like, okay, like I'm, once I was organized, it was easier to go through. So I I love the connection and and I don't fully understand it because I'm still figuring out, but I guess that's where you come in. So yeah. stuff like this is is typical, or it, it must be somewhat connected or typical. I mean, can you give some tips? Yeah, 
first of all, first of all, yes, yes, yes. What you're talking about, I, I promise you, I would love to have a vote. Can, can uh, you know, people listening to this put comments or something, right? Let us know. Uh, message us. I don't care. Message me. There's, there's we're, Meg, let us know because I swear to you, it's got to be like 99.9% of those who listen to this will be like, I've done that or I totally get it. This is totally a thing. And I think there's like two parts to it. Let's start with the just the, the connection. Um, I believe that our environment is often a reflection of what's going on in our head. And then also, and it's like a chicken and egg thing. So it's okay not to understand it because there's a lot of like <laughs> neurological things and science behind this that I don't necessarily understand. But the key, the, the good news is you just need to understand that there is a connection. And then it's extremely powerful. The rage cleaning, as I call it, and I do this too. I mean, I, you know, I have times with my kids where I'm like, a professional organizer. <laughs> People would not get this. So I live it and I totally understand. Um, this is taking back, uh, it's like a control for you. It's like a, a power move, but also too, it immediate, it's an immediate, ta- like I said, tangible thing that you can do to calm your brain. You're, you're removing, I, I always talk about removing clutter and I talk about it in every single way. I started with removing physical clutter, but I realized that so much of what we need to do, especially in a world so full of noise right now, is to remove the clutter, remove so much of what's coming at us. So you've got, you know, all you have to do is say four kids. And I'm like, okay, you have enough. And then you're like, and then you add more and more. We have social media, we have friends, we have demands, we have everything coming from outside. And it, it's easy to be in a state of constant overwhelm. So I, I think it's just a matter of, of calming that down and removing that clutter is a way to do it. And that's what you help with. So yes. you work kind of one-on-one with, with people, right? To, yes. to help them strategize, I assume. Yeah. And I do it in a very holistic way and a, a value-based way. Um, and I, originally when I got into the industry and it was going, identifying really more as a professional organizer and a productivity coach, um, even before the, the life coaching happened, I felt a little different, you know, like I, I was, um, it, it's, never been about the organizers. It's never been about the bins. It's never about that you have a messy closet, but it's about what's causing it. And, you know, the thing is, there's so many different reasons. Sometimes it's overconsumption because there's a mindset issue. Sometimes it's um, a time management issue where you're not going through the process of, well, you know, there's tasks have um, multiple steps before they're actually completed. And one of the things that I'll share that I'm the worst at is laundry. Uh, You have the laundry, it's dirty, you clean it, you dry it, you fold it, you put it away. That's the laundry task. That putting away part, yeah, I'm not always so great with that. So that concept of having a complete cycle or complete loop with something Sometimes we miss that in the process and then things build up and they catch up on us. So that's why. Uh, Sometimes there's just simply too much stuff for the space. And then that creates a problem, like a bottleneck for completing that loop. You know, so the, yeah, it it can be a 
so many different reasons and they all play together. And that's why it's important for me to approach it holistically. No, that's funny. You mentioned laundry. That's I've used that, I think, <laughs> twice already on different podcast episodes where I'm right? like, we're, we're a clean basket family because mm. we and never great. make it past the clean basket. Right. Yeah, I, I get I totally get it. And I think it's um, <laughs> I just I, I always love to share what I'm I'm not quite so great at because I, I feel like it's uh, it's comforting to others no, to know. I'm glad yeah. you did because I it's interesting, but I don't think it's a question I would have asked because mm-hmm. it would have come out kind of snarky. I think if I asked it. Right. No, no. I'm always happy to, you know, I I used to joke, I'm like, I'm the biggest hot mess of a professional organizer you'll ever meet because, but I know how to solve the problems. And sometimes, you know, and and this is for, you know, all the entrepreneurs out there, sometimes it's hard to, um, to perform your own superpower on yourself. Mine, it just takes a little bit longer, but here's the thing. When you're living with a family and you have other people, the dynamics change and the challenges are different. So I have to actually schedule myself for a weekend where I like blow through a space and reorganize it and rework it. And, and here's another point of um, encouragement for everyone. Things keep changing. And I know that can be frustrating, but it's also a good perspective. We are in different seasons. Right now, you mentioned the season of four kids. Did you say under 10? Yes. Or, yeah. Hello. Under that's a very special season you're in right now, <laughs> and <Special>. so <laughs> yeah. So being you know compassionate, uh, self compassion that is about where you're at and what you're doing, and celebrating the fact that you have clean baskets. Okay, you know what I mean. So, and then you just you keep exploring, and that's definitely what I do for others. Is I help them explore, I help them find ways that kind of work for them, and and encourage things that they might not have thought to do. And sometimes that's you know removing sheer sheer volume. It's always easier to function with things when you have fewer. That makes sense. So you mentioned laundry is like your struggle. What's the, mm-hmm. the thing that you would consider your your best success? Like what's the one thing that you thrive most on? Well, I would say that um, I'm definitely that my kitchen is phenomenal. Um, and and I don't even mean like magazine ready phenomenal. I'm definitely more of a, a functional uh organizing and productivity person where I'm like, how are we living? I'm, I'm big on let's get realistic and let's not make things so complicated. You don't have to have a big budget to do this and you don't have to make it look a certain way. And a lot of times trying to make it look a certain way actually backfires to how you need to function. So my kitchen is the kind where in 10 to 15 minutes, I can have it back to neutral and that I haven't changed a lot in a while. And that always tells me that things are where they're supposed to be, that things are easy to put away, that they're in the right proximity for how I'm functioning in there, mm-hmm. you know, and I do like to cook quite a bit. So it would be different for someone who doesn't like to cook as much or, you know what I mean? Again, you have to think about what are your values? What do you want to have happen in this space? How do you want to live? And then uh, that always answers it. I would say the other thing would be keeping my family on schedule and on track. I have like a command center in the kitchen. We have a daily whiteboard on the kitchen because I found that, especially for children, you need to chunk down the information. I don't think it's bad for adults either. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think the the more we can drip feed, <laughs> the better. So we have one whiteboard that's dedicated just for this day. So you can look at the big picture when you want to, and that's good for my husband and I. But if you just want to know what's happening today, 
we're having school, you've got Taekwondo, the garbage needs to go out tonight, you know, it's library book day, you know, whatever. And, and we just have that there. So I would say those two come to my mind as being places we're really strong. Now, is your command center, I, you said you were big on like simple, minimalistic. Hmm? Is, are you just writing it in like a black? Dry erase marker? Did you dry erase board? Yeah, a dry erase invest because you know there's you can buy stuff and right. they all look so cool and I get sucked into that. Where I'm well, like, I want the one that's cute. Oh but- sure, you know, and I do think that there is something to selecting things once you know the process that works, and I think that's True. so important here. When you're like, okay this is the best place where everybody sees it and they're going to look or I, you know, you have to start with you, right? Because usually you're the one driving this. So I, this is a good place for it to be here. I like the look of this. I can easily jot these things down. You know, having that process in place is the most critical part. And then from there, absolutely pick a dry erase board that that look is good to look at. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, and maybe pick a basket that's attractive and goes with your de- decor. So you can build on that. I just, I start very simply with people because you need to nail down the process first. No. And I think that you're right that having a list helps. I know my kids will, they'll fight over sharing things, like mm-hmm. especially if we get a new toy and we've <laughs> written that out on our on a little whiteboard we have where we'll put like what hour, which kid gets to play with the toy and, and they'll go and they'll look at it, but don't forget like set an <laughs> alarm on your phone. Don't forget when it's time to transition. That's the other tip. And I use that constantly yeah. with the kids in terms of setting boundaries and, and finding balance with them. We, we set lots of alarms and yeah, lots of alarms and timers and it works and it, You know, it it seemed kind of extreme at first, and I found that it's actually one of the best tools to to release stress and to be mindful and in the moment, because you don't have to think about what's coming next, or you don't have to watch the clock, or you don't have to argue a point. It's simply the timer set, and you can do what you need to do. And then how old are your kids now? I have a 10-year-old and a (laughs) 7-year-old. So you're in the same. Yeah. Yep. They're independent. Yeah, exactly. They're the higher end. And and so they're definitely at an age where they can engage really well. They can, they're starting to understand more. And I share a lot more with them about what I'm doing, you know, what my purpose is and, and sometimes why mommy's not available. And, you know, so we, uh, that we have good conversations and they're, they're very interested in what I do. Does your husband work outside of the house? Uh, yes, he does. So he's got a traditional. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, the reason I'm hesitating is because he normally does. He currently, okay. <laughs> he oh, currently okay. does not, but yeah. So <laughs> yes. So yeah, he's traditionally employed and, um, has come from the background, you know, his parents went uh, to their jobs. He, he does the job thing. And I'm definitely, although, as I said, we did have a business together. So that was an on the side kind of thing okay. um, from his day job. And, uh, but I'm definitely have always been the, the entrepreneur side of things and being the caregiver and caring for my kids at home. It was a natural progression, especially with the childcare situation to see what it is that I could create that would be able to um, help support our family. And I think that's common that 
the moms tend to be not always, but tend to be the ones home with the kids. And, and when it comes to, I could probably make a couple extra bucks in some way, you know, pushing that entrepreneurial path, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, I would certainly, because I'm comfortable in this role, and I like, I like exploring this, it it worked really well, and um, allowed me so much flexibility. These snow days, they're Yes, I, I, you know, I joke about them or there can be a little bit of uh, a little bit of frustration because certainly having them home changes the energy, right? But at the same time, I am so grateful that it's a blip on the radar for me because I'm working from home anyhow. And some of the shifts that I have to make for my appointments are very minimal and sometimes not at all because we get to do it long distance. It's amazing. Right. And your kids are old enough now that they it would be easier to plop them in front of a TV or let them know that you need to be uninterrupted. For- That's a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we do have these conversations and it's hysterical because my husband was home recently with them and <laughs> and I was recording a podcast interview and he said, I fell asleep and I woke up and they were upstairs banging around and I was having a heart attack. Like, oh my God, he was trying to stop them. <laughs> Like ran up and like reading them the riot act, like your mother's trying to work. And so right. that just, but you know, you have to have, you have to laugh about it, but um, it's been great too, that they, they understand more and more about what I'm doing. And we, we create these boundaries where um, this is another uh, tip that I love to share is that um, we, we have an understanding where I create boundaries in both directions so that it's saying, listen, I'm going to be busy and need silence Mm -hmm. from one to two o'clock. But at two o'clock, I will be available for you. And, and then when that comes, then I am. So it's, you know, it's, it's extremely important on my end to follow through on that promise as well. And that, um, that kind of, that keeps training them. It, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we get into an understanding of, okay, this is what I'm asking for. It's kind of like when I say no, I mean, no, you know, they, they get that because um, I'm very specific about it. And I, the same thing with this. So it's definitely getting better. And sometimes things go awry. But well, you know, we, we talked about last time because we were struggling to set up this, this interview. And uh, it was the whole idea of just being flexible, right? Right. And we do something similar with my kids. I mean, my youngest is two, and she's the toughest and not because she's two, and that's a tough age. But I mean, yeah. She always wants to be in here with me. Like she's mm. my buddy. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, my four-year-old is a little more independent. She'd be happy just playing on her own. But my two-year-old wants me to play with her. So she's just a little more needy in a mm. loving way. But she, we do the same thing where when I'm recording or if I have a phone call, like there's just certain tasks that it's not really appropriate for my two-year-old to be running around back here. Right. So for those, the door is closed and I typically lock it because she can open doors. Um, (laughs) But I will tell her, you know, I'm on a phone call. And when the phone call is done, the door is open. And that doesn't necessarily mean I have time to stop what I'm doing and play, though we've been known to dance party, you know, during a a small break. But (laughs) right. But she's getting really good, like surprisingly good for a two and a half year old at coming in, getting a book. And just sitting down. And when dad comes in, she looks at him and says, shh, working. Wow. Wow. And not always. Like, 
that's the other thing. I really, I want to be real here. Like not always, but she's, she has moments which are, are a big deal to me where she, she's starting to get it. And I think sometimes we just need to open the door. Mm-hmm. You know, even if we're not able to play Paw Patrol and, you know, rock her baby to sleep or or whatever the case may be, just open the door so that they can be in here when we're able to. So not when I'm recording, but when I'm, do, you know, doing back end things. She's been in here when I'm editing podcasts or writing mm-hmm. a blog post or things of that sort. And she like, I mean, she likes that. She feels involved and she gets up on the desk and does some work and... I love it. Yeah. Well, what you're talking about in, in the, it's a two-year-old version of it, but you're talking a way of engagement where they get to be connected to you. And I've done the same thing with mine as well. Uh, last fall, I started something that I'm actually continuing on a quarterly basis now because I love it so much. It was a gratitude series. And it was a, uh, it's a, a, a free uh, coaching and conversation. I do a community and I do um, a, a few Zoom sessions where I, you know, do exactly what we're doing here, you know, and we're um, chatting a bit and I'm coaching a bit about, about, gratitude, what it is and what it isn't and, and, and living with it and its power and so forth. So it's this, this beautiful topic that we're doing in a very casual setting. And my kids were so fascinated by it that they were, they were trying to get involved. And at first, I think my husband's instincts were to be like, no, let mom do this. And I was like, no, actually come join me. And now I'm doing it again in February and I've already told my son, are you my co-host? You know, and they had some surprisingly uh, wonderful input. You know, I had them share what they're grateful for that I could share with the community and, and, and they surprise you. But really, I think when you engage them, when you allow them to be part of this process, that's so important to you and whatever age appropriate way you can they really surprise you. And have your kids given indications that they want to pursue their own entrepreneurship or something at some point, or or have they not really gotten there yet? I think that they have gotten the idea that this is totally an option. And I love that because I think so many of us um, may have grown up with the idea that you get a job and you work for someone else. And I think they're really seeing that that's not the only answer. And I think they're, they're right now, it's not that they're saying, I want to create this business, but what they're talking about is in, in these broader strokes of what they want to do in the world or how they, like my son is really fascinated with like video editing and and things like that. And it's great because his perspective is more like, this is just what I want to do and not like, I want to go work for so-and-so or what it could, it could be his business or, or whatever. So. No, that's great. What would your number one piece of advice be? So somebody came up to you and they're a parent and they're exploring entrepreneurship. What's the number one piece of advice you would give a parent entrepreneur? Uh, know your why. That, that, that's the first thing. Know, have that purpose. Know why you're doing this. None of it's necessarily easy, but any of the choices that you make and this is the same thing for people that I work with when we're trying to get organized or be more productive. And I mean, some of that is the process, figuring out the how. People get caught up in the how. And sometimes that can trip you up, actually. You do need to figure out the how. Mm-hmm. But if you try to go there too fast, I think it trips you up. So I would say absolutely know the why, because then everyone needs to be on board 
And, and you, because if you're trying to do this in a family friendly way, right, mm-hmm. you need to be a team about this. Right? So that would be my advice. No, and I like that. And I think my mind has shifted a lot that way. I just started a new venture and it's got a strong why. I know why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I mean, I, don't, I might as well just, I'm writing a children's book. Wow. I know why. Yep. And my husband asked me, he goes, well, once you've written it, then what? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll figure it out. Right. But I've got a sketchbook. I'm drawing the pictures. I'm writing the story. And then once that's done, I'll, I'll figure out how to do the next step. So it may not be quick. It, I've discovered it's not going to be easy, but I know why I'm doing it and I feel strongly about it. And that will so, drive you forward. And it will right. also bring everyone else on board because I did notice this and this kind of plays into sort of the, it, this is something personal for me that I've had to overcome and that I tend to serve most of my clients um, are, my clients are women and we struggle with that like mom role, right? Of the mm-hmm. nurturing and wanting to give, give, give. And then where's the time for us? And, and really, how do we, how do we have the mindset of, of, of taking that, you know, or, or, or being okay with it. And I think that the stronger your why is, and, and the stronger you understand, the more that you're able to stand your ground for what you're doing and what you need. And the more your family actually feeds off of that. I, I do really believe, I, I don't want to use the word train, <laughs> but but we we do guide people um, in, in how they treat us and how they respond to what we're asking for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you're so confident in that, and, and you're so heart driven by that, you'll find a way. Right. It'll fall together. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. It, it might take a little bit more work when we get to those stages where I'm not so sure what to do. Right. Um, but that's also when I'm going to turn to my network, you know, the people who have supported me and I've supported and, and we're going to figure it out. Absolutely. So I love that. Know, know the why and just let the, I think even just letting the why guide you for a little bit. Yes. You know, don't get caught up in in the how-tos. Just do what you can do. And then when you get stumped, figure it out. (laughs) Right. Because also we, when we get caught up in the how, sometimes we get caught up um, thinking way too far ahead. True. And, and when you have big changes and, and you're trying to, you know, shift things and, there are, are bigger jumps involved, you really have to focus on um, smaller sections. I'm a big fan of like 90 day planning. You know, you it can look at the year, lot. right? You can, you can look at the year ahead. Absolutely. So when I'm working with people in a, in a um, productivity side of things, you know, we can certainly look at what do you want for the year, but when you're creating something new, cause I tend to work more with newer business owners mm-hmm. um, then there's so many good changes that are happening and so many things that you're like, wait, no, that's not going to work for me at all. I totally want to do this instead. And you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many shifts happening that the, the, the shorter term planning works better for that anyhow. And that's been like a recurring recommendation. So I feel like longtime listeners need to start taking note, you know, 90 <laughs> day planning is where it's at. That's been recommended numerous times and I love it. And it's something I adopted this year that I hadn't been doing before. So, yeah. And it's so much easier, I think, too, to, to dream and to goal set and to, 
to kind of find those benchmarks and, and, and those goalposts and, and identify them, I think at least, because yeah. I, I tend to be, I tend to be somebody also who's like, I've got all the ideas and, <laughs> and all the passions, right. You know? And so with that, I think it, it helps contain it a bit easier too. Yeah. And it's okay to flex them. I mean, my, I already had to do that. My Q1 goal was to get the book done. And then I realized writing a children's book isn't easy. So I changed it. Like that's not realistic. I thought it would be fine, but like I changed it. I didn't fail. I just pivoted. Yes, exactly. And, and pivoting, (laughs) I was talking to somebody recently, they called me the pivot master. (laughs) And that's, (laughs) and I was like, I like that because you have to be in the moment and you have to be trying things to understand how it's truly going to work. And that's why I'm, I'm not a big believer in being system specific, or this is the system that will work for you, you know, and I got caught up too, you know, just from a, from the, um, the business owner side of seeing so many people that are in productivity and organizing, and they've got this system for you and whatever. And, and I was like, should I, I should, should I have a system, you know, like, and I'm like, no, cause that's not how I work. I really believe it's not the system. It's the right system for you and for you at this time. Right. And that you have to try it out and it could seem like the greatest idea and it could totally make sense. Like something makes sense on paper. And then, you know, you try it and you're like, Oh, that does not work. (laughs) And that's totally okay. That's absolutely not a failure. Not at all. It's you trying it and figuring out a way that it didn't work. (laughs) So let, let our listeners know where they can find you online. Like if they wanted to get some custom, organizational planning mapped out, which I think anybody could use. Um, (laughs) Where can they find you? Sure. Um, If you are on Facebook, um, Facebook uh, Positively Productive. If you're on Instagram, I'm positively underscore Lisa. And uh, positivelyproductive.com is my website. That's got uh, all the information there, including a pop-up for the gratitude series I mentioned. And, um, and I'll be having that no, no matter when, when you listen to this. I'm, I'm bound to have it again. That was an example of something that was in my heart, just like your children's book. And right. I just knew I needed to do it. And I'm like, I don't know how this fits in. And I don't care because it's, it's something I want to give. But yeah, in each of those places, I just... I offer lots of daily inspiration in all different ways because it all helps um, helps you have a happier, more productive life. I love the idea of gratitude journaling and, and things of that sort because I think mm-hmm. it's easy to be so overwhelmed to feel, you know, my thing is I feel like I'm drowning. You know, you, yeah. there's just so much going on and you feel overwhelmed, which I feel like somehow translates into other negative things like mm. you're not successful you're failing you're because you're overwhelmed when really you're not you're just going through a moment where you've got to get organized and back on track and sometimes just reflecting on that the things that you're good at and you're grateful for can bring you back to baseline so i think that's super valuable it grounds you yeah so that would definitely be a great resource for people to start with well we will link to all of those links in the show notes so that people can find you quickly and easily And I just want to thank you for taking time to reschedule after our weather issues. And I'm glad we were able to get this, get this put together for everybody. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. This was a delight. Thanks. 
You can find the show notes and links to all of the things we discussed in today's episode at megbrunson.com slash 19. If you missed last week's episode, you'll want to go back and listen to Tiffany Timmons-Saab join me to discuss leadership. For almost 15 years, Tiffany's been helping countless professionals and businesses to up their game, specifically in sales and leadership. With a high dose of expressive energy and emotional intelligence, Tiffany really brings out the best in those around her through transformative coaching, speaking, and writing. Next week, I'll welcome Debbie Reber to the podcast. Debbie is a New York Times bestselling author and the founder of Tilt Parenting, a website, top podcast, and social media company for parents who are raising differently wired children. It's a can't-miss episode, especially if your kiddo is differently wired. Have a great weekend. See you next Wednesday for another episode of Familypreneur. Bye. Do us a favor. Share this podcast to a friend. It's like my mom always says, sharing is caring.